Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Elevate Life. Together with my co-host Nimesh Patel, I, Nina Jane Patel, am taking you on an adventure into the metaverse, the metaverse in motion. And today it is my privilege and absolute delight to chat with Pico Velasquez, who is a metaverse architect. She is also a multimedia director, computational architect, and entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Vera, having launched the first 3D NFT marketplace for fine art, design, and architecture. Pico combines her academics and passions to bring a unique perspective to the metaverse and the evolving sectors of art, culture, and entertainment. It's a really exciting time to be a metaverse architect, and I'm really happy to have this conversation with Pico. I hope you enjoy it, have a listen, and let us know what you think. Hi, Pico, welcome to Elevate Life. How are you doing Hi, over there in LA? Great, great, thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, pleasure to have you. Um, yeah, let's dig in and, and get to some of those questions. The first one is um, a little bit about you. Tell us your life story in about three minutes. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in Colombia, in Bogota. Um, very, uh, uh, very curious and passionate about a couple of things that then converged into what my career has become, uh, which is a combination of art, mathematics, and dance. And I would say that this fascination of rhythms and expressions of these different mediums is essentially what turned me or has been the career path that I've taken so far and all the projects that I've, that I've been. Um, but it comes from a very early on, uh, yeah, like fascination that came from school, from my parents, et cetera. Um, so after that, uh, I went to, I came here to the US. I studied at Harvard computational design. And then I began like the professional way of like merging all of these passions and turning them into actual projects that, that could benefit the world or could actually have impact in the world. So I've been a part of some very uh, large, uh, both corporate and entertainment projects like uh, uh, the Harvard Center for Green Buildings and Cities doing master planning, uh, Google headquarters doing the canopy geometry design, uh, projects with uh, Cirque du Soleil, uh, Samsung, uh, which is like a, a lot of like branding experiential projects and um, and yeah and then um, video games has been one of the the most recent things that I've gotten into so like going from the physical space uh, through the virtual space um, one of my favorite ones has been Super Forest which I'll mention at some point during this talk and and then just like really understanding where these two spaces converge both from a architectural design uh, experiential and then like human behavioral uh, background. It's like, where, where does our virtual and physical worlds meet and how are we designing them intentionally um, to make to make the most out of them? Um, and of course, now the metaverse of NFTs. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's an amazing, you know, life experience of, of, you know, broad culture, broad, you know, disciplines. And of all that experience that you've had over your, your uh, how many, I wouldn't want to guess, years, um, what is the one moment in your in your life that you, you'll never forget and defines, you know, what you bring to your work and, and how that elevates life from, from your point of view? Yeah, I, I, um, surprisingly enough, like the inspiration that I have for elevation of life has not come from the architecture or art world. It's come more from a from a from a personal sense, like from a personal well-being. 
And it, it was actually through, um, through an autoimmune disease that, that I had for almost 15 years, uh, lupus, that really uh, taught me how to, how to be in balance with myself, how to find, uh, how to find health and, and integrity and, and different ways of questioning uh, the, both like the, 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 the status quo of medicine and mental health and, and, and all these different practices that are supposed to be the traditional way of dealing with a disease uh, versus finding new outlets for it. So um, it was actually through um, a combination of uh, changing my, my health, like my gut health, uh, meditation and plant medicine, psychedelics, that I ended up, I think I'm 99% cured of something that was actually very troubling for, for a long part of my life. So this really changed my perspective on how, how I view the world, how I uh, view, uh, the, um, uh, I would say like how, how to really question the things that are out there, not necessarily what's marketed is going to be what's best for you, but more, how are we consistently looking for healthy ways of, of taking care of ourselves and taking care of others and the importance of, uh, mental, physical, and spiritual health all as one, right? Like we can't live one without the other. It's a, it's a very like a congruent balance that, that has to continuously be happening both inside and outside of you um, to exist. So I would say that that in a lot of ways has, has influenced my work and has influenced um, the way that, that I want to express my work. And, and the reason why for me, the metaverse is, is an important place because it's not just a place for experience and for entertainment, but a place for education, for health, and for uh, allowing people to, to understand the world from a more uh, global and integrated perspective. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, recovering from, or, you know, 99% recovering from lupus is a pretty amazing feat. So congratulations on that and, and elevating your own life. And, and now in a place to, to share that with others is, is amazing. And what you can bring to the world, even with that, you know, the, the sharing of that knowledge is, is pretty, pretty significant. And, and, you know, bringing it into the, the metaverse and, and your work that you're doing with, with Vera how do you see your life integrating with, you know, the whole web 3.0, the metaverse, and, you know, you talk about converging and, and the intersection of disciplines and, and the intersection of the whole person, digital, virtual, holistic, you know, how do you see that ultimately being in use within the metaverse and how you can, and how all of us can impact humanity, you know, both positively and and potentially negatively. Yeah, so I'm, I, I think about the the metaverse from from multiple perspectives, almost like different layers that you're building on. So uh, one part, of course, is the blockchain, which is like the 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 integration of data and how we manage that data and the fact that it's interoperable, that it's free, that it's decentralized. Whether that's money or it's assets that that are moving around, it's still the the freedom of the the existence of data outside of a single server or outside of a single company, which I think is the the major the major thing. Uh, the second the second part is how we visualize the space, right? The world building. Um, what what is the content that we're creating, right? Um, are we creating a, a replica of what already, already exists, which is like the mimicking and digital doubles of the experiences and the buildings that are in the physical world, bringing them to the virtual world. Like, which is a lot that what we're seeing, right? With virtual real estate, the flipping of virtual real estate, brands coming in, um, doing the same thing as product, as clothes. Uh, but, but there's like this whole uh, integration that goes beyond that, right? Which is that we don't need physical, we don't need virtual real estate. That's, I mean, it's, it's fun and it's a game and it's playful. And of course, like there's a lot of money that gets moved in it more from like a gambling standpoint, but it's not really necessary because 
the internet is infinite and just get another server. Um, but then in terms of brands, it's also thinking of like, what is the influence of culture? What is the influence of all these different products and people? And and I think that's that's where it has more to do with our identity than the products themselves. And I think that's where there's an interesting mix between how uh, different brands and artists are coming together to 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 kind of make a stance of like what are their what are their beliefs. As, I mean, as you can see, um, the evolution of of even uh, marketing and brands has been from selling directly a product to actually selling it through people, right? Because you're not buying the product from from the technology standpoint or even from the placement on an ad, but you're buying it through the followers or through the people that, that you like on social media, on YouTube, et cetera, right? So in a similar way, uh, we're seeing the, yeah, the, the, the influence and the, and the interest that, that, that different communities can have in bringing anything to life, and that can be either positive or negative. So the question is like, how do we make sure that it is as positive as possible? And how do we make sure that we're building the right foundation and the right uh, structures and like systems and structures that will allow other people to benefit from it and bring value to humanity, which of course the creator economy is a big part of that. But but I think that yeah, there's there's so many uh, different ways that this is going to evolve that it's more about consistently being able to educate and inspire people um, to not follow what has gone wrong in the existing ways of communication like social media, but how can we do that differently in, inside of this new environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so tell me about Vera, and and um, I really love the title uh, "Metaverse Architect" that you've kind of um, coined. <laughs> as uh, you, that's the first time I've seen that title, and maybe it's it's a it's a it's a popular one. But uh, tell me about that as a metaverse architect, and and, and what your what, you know what were you building with Vera? Yeah, so so Vera comes from from the desire of uh, really thinking about. Who, who are the first people that are going to design these spaces? Like, who are the first people that are going to create these environments for us to live in? And if you look at the like the, the initial metaverses, like uh, Second Light, including the Central Land, the way that they're designed is still very basic. I mean, I think it, it's interesting in terms of like the, the fact that you can bring millions of people together in a single space, right? And I think that's super exciting in terms of like the way that we communicate and again, like these new social and economic behaviors that we're seeing. But, but in terms of the expression and 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 the understanding of the space per se, or like the the design and the architecture of it, uh, I think it's it's fascinating to just like allow ourselves to explore what it means to create inside of this new medium. And and the first ones are probably going to be artists. So it's like a combination of the the necessity uh, for the creativity of artists to explore new medium or new tools that we don't know how far they can take, um, and the fact that. NFTs and the creator economy are pushing like a very strong validation for for the for for the yeah for, for the economical benefit or even for the hype that can support it. Um, therefore, it makes more sense right now to focus on art rather than focusing on architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, given that the metaverses aren't built yet to create enough architecture, but there's definitely uh, like a yeah like a confluence and a desire to to be to be speaking about art. So so Vera stands for for virtual art. And, and we were working with artists um, from from all all types, like uh, renowned upcoming uh, crypto and digital native to ones that have never worked with a computer before, uh, to really uh, help them come together and 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 build a presence in the metaverse. So the ones that that don't have the experience, um, we we either pair them or help them with our internal team to create assets inside of the space. And the ones that already do, of course, they can do it more easily. But it's more about placement, curation. And, and just giving them a space that 
that is really focused about what new this new medium for art is, which is that it's interactive, it's animated, it could be generative, it could evolve over time. There's all these different things that can happen beyond 2D images um, and like JPEGs and memes and GIFs and videos, which is what we're usually seeing in the NFT space. Um, and I mean, at the same time, like uh, uh, I couldn't help it, but there's a lot of clients that have come and they're like, could you help them build a metaverse, not just a single asset for a marketplace, but could we do something bigger? So we have taken on some bigger clients for that. And I think essentially those two uh, spaces are going to converge, which is one of like bringing the artist uh, into this medium to explore it. And at the same time, uh, designing these worlds that could pair up with the artists that we're bringing as well, mm -hmm. like in the same space. Um, but it's, it's mostly around about, yeah, exploration, creativity, seeing how we can design and build uh, the, the new the new worlds that the, that the metaverse is going gonna, is gonna to live in. Yeah, and what's the kind of one thing you would say to an artist who is looking at creating in this space or making a transition to in into this medium? What would be the kind of top tip or or advice or place to start to to generate work and and creative self expression within within this metaverse space, this digital realm? Yeah. So for I think that the, the main part is like really, really focus on what makes you unique, what makes your art unique. Like it, it's less about uh, tailoring to a client and more about building worlds and building a community around yourself. So um, unlike the the more like the traditional galleries and and uh, and and the frameworks that existed before in the curated art marketplaces for auctions, etc., where there was always uh, someone that would pre-select the work and that would get a commission for it, and then at the same time would have almost like control and, and rights ownership of what can be done to the arts. Um, now it's a very uh, direct to, to community, direct to fan or direct to, to client uh, situation. So the more you build on your, like your, your core artistry, your core passions and how you want to express yourself um, and really build like your community that can support you around that, the, the easier it'll be to, to, to get into the space in a way that, that ends up being sustainable. Yeah. And, and would you agree that it's it's very early days? Like creating art is is in within you know the metaverse is is a nascent kind of medium of expression. You know where are we at in this kind of evolution of a future artistic world and and, and world that we interact with and integrate into our lives on a daily basis? Yeah, so it's definitely early days of what we see, but not in terms of what's being produced. Meaning, um, I mean, you, you've seen the numbers like NFT platforms, they've exploded like 100x in the past 12 months. I mean, especially the past six months. So the same thing is happening with, with metaverses. The past year has been the, the back end creation of multiple companies building these worlds that are going to start launching this or next year. So the moment that they launch, there's going to be a lot of content that needs to go inside of them, right? So who is creating the content? It's going to be these designers, architects, uh, artists, et cetera, uh, that are going to be, yeah, that are going to be essential to, to building these worlds. So I think that, um, it, and this is one of the main reasons as well, which we, we started with the marketplace, which is that the marketplace is already there. It's already validated. It's already uh, $18 billion, if not more uh, market, like what was like transacted last year. So, and there's still room to grow, right? Because I think that amount was still like to a several million, uh, like, 
active users or active collectors that, that were in the space. One of the main reasons why with Vera we're starting with the marketplace is because the, the, the marketplace and NFT for art, that's, a, that's already been that's already been validated. We see all the sales through OpenSea, Nifty Foundation, like all these companies are moving really quickly. And there's literally a new platform that comes out every day that has uh, a different niche, right? Because it's already been established that there's a, that there's a space for it, that there's, uh, yeah, that there's a, a whole economy that will support it. Um, the question now is, how are they going to differentiate themselves? How are they going to create like these uh, niche columns in, inside of what can be addressed or showcased inside of this? So for us, it's the fact that they're 3D and that it's focused on fine art. Um, other companies are, are focusing on, on different things like either specifically Memes or doing it for music or working on sports or celebrities, et cetera. So um, I think that's why if you're an artist, it's the time to move on now. If you're thinking of doing it in 3D, then you're also tapping into what's going to be the next wave or the next opportunity, which is going to be the metaverse. And it's something that we're going to start seeing very soon. Um, a lot of them are going to be closed metaverses, as you can imagine, um, that are going to have like their walled gardens and their own exclusive marketplaces, but others are going to be uh, fully open, decentralized, like similar to, let's see, like the metaverse of the open sea, where anyone can come in and exchange and create things inside. So I think there's there's this uh, incredible opportunity for anyone, especially at this early stage, to, to create new things and explore these new things. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's a really interesting point at which we're, you, you know, living both in the metaverse and outside the metaverse. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of uh, advancements happening and also concerning situations. And, uh, you know, which brings me to our next question around purpose and impact. And what do you think is the one thing we must do now as a collective society to, to positively impact? our lives, you know, t as a society and also the planet, because obviously that's a, a massive concern yeah. for people right now. Yeah. So I think the, the first thing is to realize that we need to work together. I mean, not, not just as uh, like groups and companies, it's like the whole world needs to work together. And if the metaverse can become a place that really um, connects everyone on the internet in a single place uh, based on their values, then we can realize that this is not the colonialism capitalist mentality of zero-sum games this is how we can all consistently uh improve other people's lives with providing different tool sets and systems like right now uh smart contracts and blockchain are doing for for the artists and for other people in this space but we can do this for absolutely everything right so how do we how do we design uh how do we design a world how do we design a metaverse that is built to to empower others so i think um i mean like a, the, the easy example is like the Amazon versus the Shopify, right? Uh, Amazon creates a, a platform with competitive prices that basically drives physical stores out of business, reduces margins, and makes it really impossible for any small business to thrive versus Shopify creates a platform that gives you the tools to simplify the process, the technology, the payment, the outreach, et cetera, to create your own storefront where everyone ends up benefiting, not just one single company, but every company that's on it. So that's kind of like the decentralized, uh, like really um, community-based mentality and ethos that Web3 has. And I think that's something that has to be promoted, enforced, like really um, put at the center and at the core of everything that we're building in this space. And then the second thing that I would say is that being able to, to link 
uh, everything that we do inside of that inside of the virtual world to global impacts, the social environmental impact. And an example, um, I, I had mentioned Superforce very briefly at the beginning of, of, our, of, our, of our call, but it's a, it's a video game that I worked on uh, maybe like a year and a half ago, um, but it was probably the most inspiring uh, projects that, that I've been a part of because the idea is that it's an MMO game, it's a build your world, some city, but it's about environments and, and it's about creating your own like natural forest that is, uh, I mean, it, it has like a, a lot of interesting things of like a, uh, like genet genetic building and, and coding and like making it unique to your environment, like kind of like a Tamagotchi build your own world. But everything that got built in the in the virtual world was actually being planted in real life with all these different NGOs. So it's really, really like tapping into the core of how gamification and entertainment um, can be used for educational purposes, but also into giving back to the planet. So what if everything that we did inside of the virtual world had a component that was linked to doing something beneficial for the physical world, whether it's, I mean, whether it's an action that has to do with impact uh, or if it's an action that just has to do with entertainment and education. Um, and it also reminds me of one of our conversations that, that we were talking about, about, about your platform as well, which was the example of the, the girl that with a, with playing a game with a token, uh, she could save uh, the elephants that were going uh, under extinction in Africa, right? So it's like really um, honing into like the power that we can all have as creators, as educators, as even as as users, right? Because the since social media, the power does come back to the user in the sense that uh, we do drive uh, the we do drive a lot of the decisions of where the money goes in the world. I mean, people eyeballs are essentially what are going to drive those decisions. So if we can all have it at our core to be caring about like putting in the center society, humanity, and, and the environment, then I think that we we will all end up doing our part in, in building a better better place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a it feels as though there's a kind of paradigm shift in the making, isn't there? Where yeah. the decentralization and the opportunities uh, to co create and, and create and, and not only worlds in the metaverse, but also better worlds in our physical lives as well. And I think a really important part of all of this is is that balance between the two, right? Speaking of, yeah. of paradigm shifts, we're going to shift over so that you're the host for a moment. And now it's your turn to ask me one question. Yeah, I, I think my question is is very on the like broad envision, but I would love to understand like in... Um, what what inspires you to have this emphasis around children education? Right, there's so many topics that you could be presenting in the metaverse, but um, like, what is the uh, core value behind like really uh, being able to empower these young individuals into being educated in a, in a in a very specific way through the metaverse and and through the different technologies that you are that you're creating? Yeah, great question. Well, I mean, elevating life is a key part of our mission and, and unlocking design potential in every child and every person, actually. And, and keeping that in mind with every touch point of, of Kabuni. So, you know, not only the content that they engage with or the, you know, the, the headset, the software, whatever it might be, that whatever interaction they have with us leaves them in a better place. 
you know, and so the, the key component to that is building out a culture built with people who are values aligned with that. And I think, you know, what drives me as a, you know, a mom, a mom of four to teenage kids and, um, and working similar to you at the intersection of the arts and technology and also health as well. And this paradigm shift that's coming is a sense of urgency from my perspective to take action and, and to realize in, at this time, we really are privileged and, and lucky to be able, I think, to contribute and shape the future of, of what my children are going to be in, integrating into their lives on a, a daily basis really soon. And certainly their kids will be engaged in integrating metaverses, all the tools of Web 3.0 and, and whatever is next, you know, beyond that. And, and doing my, my small part to have my voice in there, create something that I think will leave them in a, maybe even in a small way in a better place, right? So education is a key point of that. And, I, and this technology can, can and is in some cases a really, really strong tool for doing good, right? And, and how can we activate that more? How can we put this tool of, uh, you know, what's currently the state of the metaverse, virtual reality experiences in the hands of teachers to engage students and learners uh, in the moment, today, on the ground, in schools. So, you know, we're activating schools around the world with our content and, and partnering with teachers to co-create field trip based experiences to bring the curriculum to life. So we're focused on retention, engagement, um, speed. So how, how quickly they can learn, you know, it's amazing what you can experience in, in by putting a headset on and, and, and the embodied learning that happens as a result can be really powerful if, if, if uh, designed well and, and if designed intentionally. And, yeah. uh, you know, my, my kids are, are missing out on that opportunity because it doesn't exist right now. You know, in six to eight to 12 months, it's going to be on the ground and running. Uh, and, and I hope that, you know, they get the opportunity to experience this within in their schools uh, and their teachers get to use this as a tool to, to expand their education. And, and beyond that, you know, as a, a playground for and a safe environment for learning about crypto, NFTs, and playing with them and co-creating with them and, 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 you know, in a safe environment. And that's the key part of it all is, is currently the state is that, it, you know, going to engage in these areas is not 100% safe and not trusted by parents. And there's a lot of fear around this. And so how can we, how can we smooth the friction on that and, and create safe places for kids to play and for parents to trust it? So you know, really that's, I'm creating something I want for my own children. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then benefiting all the children in the world and therefore everyone in the next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think that's an important part about this and in and, and part of why this podcast exists and why you're here is because, you know, there are so many positive actions happening every day around elevating life within 
the the metaverse yeah. and and the metaverse in motion because it's it's really moving it's alive it's fluid it's malleable every day something new is happening um and and we've got to share it you know people need to get informed they need to get interested they need to get curious about it all so so that that you know that's what it's all about yeah Okay, bringing us to the last question for today, Pico, is um, some inspiring content to leave our audiences with that you feel could elevate life. Any books or videos or movies you would recommend that, you know, yeah, provoke yeah. insight for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the first two that I'm going to share, I think would even be useful for, for what you're building, both as a podcast and as a company. Uh, which is that there's uh, this app called Maloka, and it's a meditation app. Um, I met one of the founders, Prapta uh, Kunmali, I think is his last name. <laughs> it's a, not not my language to to pronounce well, but but it's like this beautiful meditative VR experience, like uh, that really elevates uh, your your sense of meditation, and it's visually stunning and playful at the same time. And I, I don't recall like how involved Deepak Chopra is in it, but when I met him, uh, they were talking about uh, Deepak as well. They were together. So I think there's something really interesting about um, like really uh, transferring uh, uh, like very traditional meditation practices that are successful for people of all ages, especially adults, into how you can um, make it playful and intuitive for younger people to start having, uh, yeah, to start having those those, those rituals right. or those benefits in their life as well. I have to say, I love Maloka. It's a really fantastic. Well, yeah, I'll put you in touch then. I'll put you in touch with that. Fantastic. I would. That would be amazing. And yeah, we do it as a as a household, and uh, it's a really really beautifully crafted. Uh, let's call it a metaverse. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and and I know that uh, Deepak's daughter uh, Malika Malalika um, is. Has recently uh, created a book to help kids meditate. So I think hey. there's something really interesting in that as well. It's called Just Be Me. Okay. Or Just, just Be You. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that there's something cool about like really interpreting that for, for younger generations. Yeah, absolutely. I'd um, love to bring that into some of my PhD research um, and, and study, you know, the relate the impact of that and, and associate it with the biometrics as well. It'd be super yeah. spot on. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. And were there any other um, videos, books, movies you wanted to share? Or? Um, but more in general, this has like less to do with, uh, with with VR yet, but I think that they're they're very inspiring for different reasons. I think that the Netflix show Abstract that goes through the lives of different artists from uh, like architecture to, to media to stage design. I mean, as Devlin, yeah. VR Fingles, like there's... Uh, uh, who else is there? Neri Oxman, Oliver Eliza, and just like these incredible worlds that they've each created in their own field. I think that that's a documentary or like series of docu docu series yeah. that's worth watching. I think Chef's Table in general is a masterpiece. Uh, it's like really understanding cuisine as art and and all the different elements that that come into creating also each of their worlds of like what makes their cuisine unique. Uh, and in terms of work, um, I've enjoyed um, creativity. In. Uh, Moonshots, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, and one that's called uh, Designing the Mind. So, uh, yeah, those are just like ones to, yeah. to look out for. Fantastic. Amazing suggestions. That brings us to the end, Pico. Really appreciate your time today. It's been amazing learning about your story, who you are, 
what you've created with Vera and, and your vision for the future for artists and, and what's possible uh, and your inspiration to elevating life for others around you. So it was a real pleasure to chat with you today and um, yeah, grateful for the time. Thanks so much, Pico. Thank you.